It's time for the October 27, 2023 edition of Weekly Signals Weekly Review. A personal recollection of the last 168 hours of history, broadcasting on National Crazy Day from the University of California at Irvine on KUCI 88.9 FM. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Espar. And, as always, crazy for trying and crazy for crying, Mahler, the fake news dog. Uh. <laughs> boy, Mahler. That's what I said. Today, we'll be talking about Sunflower Sea Stars, Lowriders, Badwater Basin, Mike Johnson, One Count of Endangering an Aircraft, and so much more. But first, mm -hmm. from Royal Society Open Science. Flying squirrels and platypuses are wacky animals. They are. And now for our next story. <laughs> so when scientists found out flying squirrels and platypuses were fluorescent, that what? they absorbed invisible ultraviolet light and re-emitted it in shocking pink or bright cyan, they figured it's flying squirrels and platypuses. Yeah. What do you expect? They're freaky. Yeah. Yeah. But flying squirrels and platypuses aren't the only mammals that glowed in the dark. According to a new study, lions, polar bears, possums, and American pikas are also fluorescent. In fact, so is every mammal species a group of scientists could get their hands on. Really? While the survey doesn't reveal any broad evolutionary benefit, it overturns the yeah, yeah. view of mammal fluorescence as an occasional and mysterious quirk. Instead, it appears that this trait is basically the default. Researchers investigating museum specimens of 125 species belonging to more than half of existing mammal families, from prairie antelopes to vesper bats, were all fluorescent. Wow. In all of them. Wow. Fluorescence. That's pretty cool. I'm getting a black light again. <laughs> You'll see all the, all the mammals that are rolling yeah, through your, through your house at night. Yeah. yeah, look at that. Look, it's like a rose parade in here with the, all the yeah. fluorescent... Beasts. It's like going to the Whiskey A Go-Go <laughs> in 1969. From the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Services. They're good people. Why do you like them? Because they do pretty good work. They're yeah. pretty benevolent. They're not trying to find a way to bulldoze more of nature. They're usually on the right side of stuff. You yeah, know? I think yeah. so. Yeah. 21 species have been labeled extinct by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. They include eight Hawaiian honey creeper birds, the bridled white-eyed bird of Guam, the Mariana fruit bat of Guam, the San Marcos gumbusia, a one-inch-long fish from Texas, the Scioto mad tom, a small catfish, Bachman's warbler, a black and yellow songbird, and eight freshwater mussels. There are now 650 species that have gone extinct in the U.S., according to the Center for Biological Diversity, which says climate change, pollution, and invasive species contribute to this loss. From Science Daily, over the past decade, the sunflower sea star has gone from a mighty predator of the Pacific Ocean floor to near extinction. 5.75 Billion sunflower stars died over a span of three years, a 94% global decline. The cause, scientists say, is largely the warming waters of the climate crisis, spurred by what they now refer to as sea star wasting disease. And without enough sea stars, these sunflower sea stars, urchins have destroyed nearly all of California's 
kelp forests, what marine biologists call the lungs of the ocean. Wow. So it's that old, you take one part of the equation away and things start to cascade. Scientists have been racing to figure out how to bring these creatures whose 24 limbs can stretch outward to four feet back from the brink. They got 24 arms, these sea stars, and they can reach out to four feet. Creating multiple generations of new sunflower sea stars is the ultimate goal. The Birch Aquarium at Scripps Institute of Oceanography near San Diego successfully spawned three sunflower sea stars earlier this oh, month. Good. The latest success story in a sprawling collaborative effort among institutions to help sea stars reproduce and eventually reintroduce them to the wild and stop the goddamn urchins from devouring all the kelp. If you like glow-in-the-dark squirrels and platypuses, may I recommend a donation to KUCI because we do too? Just go to KUCI.org. Your generous donation is how we stay on air. Commercial free, free form, free speech radio, KUCI 88.9 FM. From Science Daily. Scientists have been placing trackers on seals around Antarctica for years, gathering data on ocean temperature and salinity. For a new study, the researchers compared the seals' dives location and depth data with seafloor maps and spotted places where the seals dove deeper than should have been possible, meaning the existing deep estimates were inaccurate. In eastern Antarctica's Vincennes Bay, the diving seals helped scientists find a large hidden underwater canyon plunging to depth of more than a mile. Wow. An Australian research ship called Noyina later measured the canyon's exact depth using sonar, and the researchers had proposed naming their find Muranga Noyina Canyon, honoring both the ship and the involved elephant seals genus Miranga. Yeah. A little shout out for the seals there. Yeah. And they're diving down to a mile. Wow. That's nutty. That is nutty. The initial seal dive data can be valuable for an important task. The deep ocean around Antarctica is warmer than the frigid waters on the surface. Seafloor canyons can channel the warmer water to flow to the ice along the continent's coast. To predict how Antarctica's ice will melt, scientists will need to know where those canyons are and how deep they go. So I have some sort of better warning on, oh, the uh, ice is melting. Yeah. From Live Science, an oasis teeming with ponds and wildfires formed at Death Valley National Park, one of the hottest and driest places in the world following a major hurricane this summer. They found that there, an oasis teeming with ponds and wildflowers. That's fantastic. In Death Valley. That's fantastic. A month after, no, it isn't really. But, oh, you know, I thought it I was. I mean, it's nice if it's, you like yeah. you know, eye candy, yeah, but yeah. I don't know how great that is for the environment there. Okay, never but mind. it might be okay. It's horrible. A month after Hurricane Hillary, which hit the area in August, park officials took a boat onto the ephemeral lake that had formed at Badwater Basin and measured its depth at roughly one foot. But we're talking about a huge area. And it's the flattest and the lowest place in the U.S. Well, okay. It's okay. one of those big yeah, yeah. flats, you know, yeah, where yeah, yeah. we set land speed records. <laughs> the basin, which sprawls across close to 200 square miles, once held an ancient lake. At 282 feet below sea level, it's the lowest point in North America. Wow. 
And from The Guardian, the deadliest animal in the world is the mosquito, which kills more than one million people every year. Mosquitoes carry diseases like dengue fever and West Nile virus, but malaria is the most deadly, and it remains stubbornly present in the modern world. Still, to this day, they've they've made a lot of strides in that regard, but it is still apparently a deadly disease. There were 619,000 deaths and 247 million cases of malaria in 2021. African children are the main victims. 96% of deaths to malaria are in Africa, and children under five make up roughly 80% of the victims. Malaria might feel like a disease that is far away and a third world problem, but with the climate crisis and broader roaming ranges of mosquitoes, mosquito-borne diseases like malaria and dengue are re-emerging in the U.S. and Europe. Oh, my God. Malaria is not caused by a virus, but by a more complex parasitic species called plasmodium that is excellent at evading our immune system by constantly shape-shifting inside the body, all of which makes it very hard to target with a vaccine. Wow. But now a team at the University of Oxford has developed a new malaria vaccine called R21 that is 75% effective at preventing disease in areas where malaria is seasonal and 67% effective where malaria is year-round. So it's not perfect. It's a good place to start with That's a vaccine fantastic for malaria. News. Yeah, you, it's one of those things you've been hearing about since you were a kid about wow. malaria. And given that so many other of these kinds of diseases have been brought under control by technology and science, to hear it still spoken of in these terms is, uh, I guess, a testament to its uh, durability and its evasive nature. Yes, sir. From Scientific American, evening had fallen in Acapulco, Mexico on October 24th when the weather service forecast became very grim. What had begun the day as Tropical Storm Otis was unexpectedly now Category 5 Hurricane Otis, bearing down fast on the city of nearly 800,000 people. Forecasters highlighted the storm's unexpected, very rapid intensification over the course of the day. When Otis slammed into the city on October 25th at Wind speeds of 165 miles per hour became the first known Category 5 storm to ever hit the region. Rapid intensification means that a tropical storm's maximum sustained wind speeds rise by at least 35 miles per hour within a 24-hour period. Otis's wind speeds rocketed by nearly 110 miles per hour in that period, the second most dramatic intensification on record. Rapid intensification is a terrifying and dangerous phenomena, and it's becoming more common during this climate crisis. So this is in Mexico. So did this follow in any shape, way, or form the trajectory of Hillary? Well, no. It hit Acapulco. Hillary hit up uh, farther north. Okay, okay. Yeah. It's the rapid intensification that's the story here, because that's going to happen with everything in climate change. Right. It's not just, you know, we're saying a hurricane. Well, a hurricane is a lot of factors here. Yeah. You might have had uh, an intensification of the heat in the ocean. Atmospheric reasons as yeah. well, right? Yeah. No, I just wondered, because Hillary was such a an unusual event in terms of California, the West Coast, that I just wondered if we're starting to build into the system, the weather system, a kind of Florida-like effect that they get every year from 
hurricanes coming out. Well, of it sounds like it. It's not coming as far north right. to change. Mexico has always had hurricanes to the south of the border yeah. you know, from us. Yeah. They stop at the border. You know, they have the hurricane. Well, and then there's uh, DEA, and there. then there's uh, there's border patrol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from United Nations News. UN researchers warn that humanity is moving dangerously close to irreversible tipping points that would drastically damage our ability to cope with disasters. Their report finds that the world is fast approaching six interconnected risk tipping points, accelerating extinctions that trigger chain reaction to ecosystem collapse, groundwater depletion that drains water risking food supply, mountain glaciers melting, Space debris causing loss of weather satellites, our eyes in the sky, unbearable heat making it hard to live in some areas, and an uninsurable future where rising risks make homes unaffordable. These impacts will also cascade through to other systems. Will I still be able to get my five seen almond bars at Trader Joe's? Will you? Yeah, I'm asking. Well, maybe not. Okay. Who knows? Well, it'll cascade well then, with the groundwater depletion. Yeah. They're going to well, not be the, able to make the cloves, ground yeah, cloves, yeah. go into those. Well, now you got my attention now. Yeah. You know, Just think about this, how normalized this has become. We talk about this like every week on Weekly Signal. What's well, normal for us. It's normal for us. It's like you open the door and you walk outside and every you know people are riding bikes and talking to each other, getting coffee. And inside here, it's this hellscape of the end of the world, yeah. and it's happening. <laughs> Thank you, Nathan. Well, this isn't a uh, well. It's not happening program. inside. Yeah, I know. We're just reading. What I know. Scientists I know. Have discovered. I know. We're doing. But... We're not talking about some asshat who right. thinks he has a direct communication with God. Yeah, I know. We're talking about people who are measuring things on the planet yeah. and trying to figure out how best to live here. And have been doing it for years and years, have refined these sciences to the yeah. point where they're very, very confident in what they're saying. Yeah. Not whether or not in Revelation or Leviticus yeah. that somebody may have said something in the ancient language as opposed to the Latin translation. Yeah. It's not some 2,000-year-old half-assed prophecy. Yeah. It's yeah. real stuff that we're measuring today. Today, yeah. This is what's happening. Yeah. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. Visit us on the web at KUCI.org, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash KUCI 88.9, on our Tumblr blog at KUCIRadio.tumblr.com, and on Twitter and Instagram at KUCIFM. Yes, sir, Mahler. Nice to hear you chime in. He was afraid. We were yeah. reading all this stuff. He well, was shivering in the corner. Thank you for coming back out yeah, here, Nate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nathan. I just said, I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> I'm said, here. You are there. You mistaken I'm, I'm sorry, Mahler? I'm sorry, Mahler. For me? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, Mahler. <laughs> From our good friend Charles Pierce at Esquire Magazine. Charlie. The Republicans anointed MAGA Mike Johnson as Speaker of the House. Oh, my God. MAGA Mike is one of the architects of the effort to overturn the 2020 presidential election. Of course An anti-choice fanatic, yeah. a fierce opponent of LGBTQ rights, a climate denier, a practitioner of religious discrimination, and blamed mass shootings on both the teaching of evolution and abortion. He's a winner. Yeah. He is a five-tool player in the GOP. Yeah. yeah, he is. He's got it all. 
During a 2016 sermon at Christian Center in Shreveport, Louisiana, Johnson said that a series of cultural shifts in the United States led by elites and academics in the 1930s who were engaging with the theories of Charles Darwin oh my God. erased the influence of Christian thinking, thank God, uh, and creationism from society. So that would be a good thing. Yeah. No, no. not according not, to not Mega Mike. Mega Mike. People say, how can a person go into their schoolhouse and open fire on their classrooms? Because we've taught a whole generation, a couple of generations now, of Americans that there's no right or wrong. Oh, my God. That it's about the survival of the fittest. And that you evolve from the primordial slime. Primordial slime, that's where we come from. Yeah, that's why. He he does clean up well. Have you seen him? Have you seen this guy? He reminds me of Larry Agron. A young Larry Agron. Yeah. Yeah. I I hope Larry's not listening. We love you, Larry. Yeah, yeah, but you're wrong, you know? What, What can I say? We're all old, but anyway, yeah. So Maga Mike continued, why is that Uh, life of any sacred value? Because there's nobody sacred to whom it's owed. uh, Now Johnson uh, owes Trump a greedy, prideful, vengeful, slothful, lying of... Sack of... of, Yeah, yeah, whatever. His job. Yeah. Why is his life of any sacred value? (laughs) We laugh, but but this is serious this business really here, is. to have somebody in charge of our government who doesn't believe in the process of government. Yeah. So don't go into government. That, that's the whole we, point. We're, we have such a complex society. We need some sort of agency to sort things out among people. That's what a government pretty much does. And he, he doesn't like that. He just wants cowboys. No. no. And cowboys no. were dependent. Cowboys got their lands and their herds and, and a lot of what was going on within their structure of society from the federal government. They were told to go west, and they were given bounties yes. to go west. They were exactly. given bounties to... Welfare to, for to, cowboys. ...to clear the, the land of any indigenous people. Yes. There's a lot of stuff about this cowboy mythology that is truly evil. And they make it sound like it's individualism. Yeah, no, no government has helped yeah. people all yeah. along. And yeah. to be anti-government and to be the Speaker of the House is, well, it's treason. Nathan, when you want and are pushing for a theocracy, this is what you get. These are the kind of people that they want to see there. Well, theocracy, when you're pushing for a government run by a God that doesn't exist, this is what you get. And by the Antichrist, by the way. If there was ever a definition of the Antichrist. It's the guy with the orange hair. Yeah, exactly. That cometh from the north. By the way, not a single Republican voted against Mike Johnson. That's right. Not a single Republican found it odd that they were electing someone to be second in line to the presidential secession who doesn't believe in the results of free elections. That's right. Every time somebody dared to bring up January 6th, the insurrection, they were booed and ridiculed. It happened when Democratic leader Hakeem Jeffries mentioned it before the entire House. This makes the Republican Party the party of treason, treachery, and sedition. They have to be voted out, period. By the way, if this lawsuit that's moving forward in Colorado and in other states continues afoot and becomes basically the law, Trump will not be allowed on the ballot because he was a participant in seditious behavior. Maybe, just maybe, we start this on a local level with all these people who supported, that voted against the validation of the election in 2020. Uh, Maybe they should not be on the ballot as well. From Reuters News Service, the judge in Alex Jones's bankruptcy case ruled that he will not be allowed to use his Chapter 11 filing to evade paying more than $1 billion in verdicts to families of the Sandy Hook shooting. So they got him. 
Mm-hmm. The ruling by Judge Christopher Lopez in a Houston bankruptcy court means that Jones, the Infowars conspiracy ASCAP, will likely be working the rest of his life to pay his debt to the families. It also closes off the possibility that Jones could liquidate Infowars and force the families to accept whatever proceeds result, leaving him free to start a new business. Jones used his Infowars media company to spread lies about Sandy Hook, claiming that the attack in 2012, in which 20 first graders and six educators were killed, was a hoax. The cases never made it to jury. Jones was found liable by default in all of them because he refused to turn over documents, including financial records ordered by the courts over four years of litigation. That was From crazy. the Associated right. Press. Baltimore will pay $48 million to three black men who each spent 36 years in prison for a high-profile killing they did not commit after police wrongly arrested them as teenagers. The state's attorney for Baltimore City found them innocent after reinvestigation. Eyewitnesses renounced previous testimony that had contributed to the wrongful convictions. These are men who went to jail as teens and came out as young grandfathers in their 50s, said Justin Conroy, the chief legal counsel for the Baltimore Police Department. Alfred Chestnut, Andrew Stewart, and Ransom Watkins, known as the Harlem Park Three, will each receive $14.9 million. The remaining $3.3 million will cover legal fees. Authorities arrested the miners in November 1983 for the slaying of 14-year-old DeWitt Duckett, who was walking to class when he was accosted and shot. A 2018 records request filed by Chestnut, one of the Harlem Three, shed new light on the case. It uncovered evidence showing multiple witnesses told officials that a different 18-year-old suspect was the shooter. One student saw him flee and dump a gun as police arrived in Harlem Park Junior High School. Even so, authorities at the time focused their investigation on the trio. The real shooter was shot to death in 2002. What a convoluted story. Yeah. Can you imagine a teenager and the next time you see the world again outside of prison is when you're 50? Yeah. No, I can't. From Reckon, the debt collective the nation's first debtors union, canceled close to $10 million in student debt for Morehouse College students, a private men's historically black college and university in Atlanta. The debt was erased through the debt collective sister organization, the Rolling Jubilee Fund, for $125,000. That's That's all it cost to to forgive a $10 million. That's amazing. Wow. That's one penny on the dollar. Oh, my God. The debt collective's gift to Morehouse students comes with no strings attached. Oh. So that's a great story. That is. And that's the thing about a lot of these debts. That's really what they're worth. Yeah. And they're still dragging millions of dollars out of people on these loans when really the loan is only worth. That's You're right. Because of the interest and all of the rest of which is sort of fairy dust in terms of the actual monies involved is is all the interest that accumulates. (laughs) Remember those vulture capitalists who used to go around buying debt and then they were really just aggressively going after people who had no real means to to pay them back. That's why we have government. That's why we have government. set up regulations, which are laws, which is like speeding down the street. These vulture capitalists were speeding. Yeah. From the journal Communications, Earth and Environment, astronomers have found more evidence that a near-Earth asteroid is an ejected chunk of the moon. 
Oh, yeah. The asteroid Kamaoelawa, a Hawaiian name that means the oscillating fragment. That's an odd thing for Hawaiians to be naming. But, I you know, would not hey, have look over there. There's an oscillating <laughs> fragment right over there. Kamaoelawa is a Ferris wheel-sized rock chunk that orbits within 9 million miles of Earth every April. Since the object's discovery in 2016, scientists have puzzled over the strange rock's origins, and they were surprised when a 2021 analysis revealed that Kamaoelawa composition is similar to the moon's. Now, in a new study, researchers describe a feasible way that an ancient asteroid impact on the moon more than likely launched the space rock into its current trajectory. From Los Angeles Times, autonomous car company Cruise must immediately remove all of its driverless vehicles from the roads in California after the California Department of Motor Vehicles determined that Cruise robo-taxis are causing an unreasonable risk to public safety. This move comes months after state regulators opened an investigation into a spate of concerning incidents involving cruise vehicles in San Francisco and ordered the company to cut its fleet by 50%. Yeah. It also comes several weeks after a jaywalking pedestrian was struck by a regular car and then flung into the path of a cruise, which rolled over the yeah. woman, stopped, and then dragged her for 20 feet oh my God. at 7 miles per hour. The DMV has provided... Oh. She is still alive. She's in critical condition right now, but this is for a month. The DMV has provided crews with the steps needed to apply to reinstate its suspended permits, which the DMV will not approve until the company has fulfilled the requirements to the department's satisfaction, the company said in a statement. It's called government. These are regulations. Cruise, which is part of General Motors, may still test its cars on the road if there is a safety driver in the vehicle. Driverless cars created by Cruz and Google's Waymo have become ubiquitous in San Francisco, where state regulators allowed the companies in August to operate 24-7 paid robo-taxi service around the city. <laughs> From the Sacramento Bee, California Governor Gavin Newsom signed a law that lifts the restrictions of low-rider cruising, a cultural and artistic tradition developed by Latinos living in California. Assemblymember David Alvarez, who sponsored the legislation, called it a major win for Californians. Lowrider culture was developed by Mexican-Americans in and around Southern California after World War II. Aficionados modified cars to ride lower to the ground and gave them righteous, colorful paint jobs. They did give them righteous, colorful paint yes. I think so. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Groups of lowriders would drive their vehicles low and slow through town, a pastime known as cruising. Cruising. The new law lifts the former restriction that prohibits the body of a vehicle from riding closer to the ground than the bottom of its rims. <laughs> but they have, they have such small tires right now, the bottom of their rims might be like an inch and a half <laughs> off the ground. That's all I'm saying. It is a little crazy. Yeah. I mean, you, I don't know how you drive that in a regular street. But you you're have driving to, low and slow. You're right. Yeah, yeah, you are going low and slow. So. It also rescinds <laughs> the ability of cities and towns to impose their own cruising bans, which many had in place until recently including Sacramento and San Jose. From Aerotime, Joseph David Emerson, an off-duty airline pilot riding in an extra cockpit seat on a Houston air flight, said, I'm not okay, just before lunging forward and trying to cut off the jet engines mid-flight. Emerson later told police that he had been struggling with depression, that a friend had recently died, and that he had taken psychedelic mushrooms two days before he attempted to cut the engines. 
course, the mushrooms made the headlines. Yeah. California magic mushrooms legalization plan in jeopardy after Alaska Airlines pilot arrest. Politico <sighs> screamed. CNN's lead was off-duty pilot accused of trying to shut off airliners' engines mid-flight said he took magic mushrooms. The Washington Post went sensational with off-duty pilot accused of trying to stop engines took mushrooms. But according to the National Library of Medicine and the Nathan Callahan Psychedelic Research Academy, peak effects from psilocybin <laughs> tend to set in about an hour and a half after consumption and disappear within six hours, meaning suspect Joseph David Emerson probably was not experiencing a psychedelic trip when he took the flight. Emerson also reportedly told police he believed he was having a nervous breakdown and had not slept for 40 hours. Yeah, maybe he, met, that he was admitted well. he became depressed approximately six months prior to the mental breakdown. But they don't want to say no. depressed man almost down Sleep the deprived depressed man pulls, yeah. the, pulls the lever on the, yeah. In addition to attempted murder charges, Emerson also faces 83 counts of reckless endangerment yeah. and one count of endangering an aircraft. <laughs> and finally, from Queen City News in North Carolina. A Rowan County family is upset after their loved one's dead body was mistaken for a Halloween decoration and left sitting for days. They now want to know how he died and why it wasn't reported to police sooner. Robert Owen's body was found in China Grove. While discovering his near-naked body, the family noticed that a lawn care worker had mowed around it. <laughs> Don't know how you can do that, said Owen's sister, Haley Sue. Mow right beside someone and assume that they're a Halloween decoration? You can subscribe to the Weekly Signals Weekly Review podcast at weeklysignals.com. Weeklysignals.com. Subscribe now.